Hi, this is Natalie. I just wanted to let you know that this episode contains adult content. If this isn't your cup of tea, please feel free to skip this episode and come back next time. Thanks, and now on to the show. Hey friends, <laughs> how is everyone doing today? Well, Tracy, I'm sick. Oh, sick shit. for about a week. Mostly better, but I'm gonna keep coughing a lot just so everybody knows. Alright, we'll do the best we can. Yes. Uh it sounds like Stacy has a stum or Stacy has a cold, I have a stomach ache. Tracy, is there anything wrong with you? Uh no. No. <laughs> I am <She's> perfect. perfect. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with her. That's right. Uh yeah. So <laughs> Well, Stacey. I just wanna share with everybody. Before we started this podcast, I was browsing on Twitter and I saw this headline from Nylon that just really grabbed my attention. Apparently, there is now a dodo in the shape of a unicorn horn. Oh! <laughs> it's $50. It's dollars. Yeah, I don't like visualizing from... this. <laughs> I was going to say, I have relevant information to add to this conversation, but I thought we were trying to keep it PG. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you have more information about this toy. <laughs> Um, yes. <laughs> well, apparently it's 100% body-safe silicon. Oh. And it's by a brand called Geeky Sex Toys. And, oh dear, it can be inserted up to seven and a half inches. What? With a girt that widens up to five and a half inches. Oh, man, this is making me very uncomfortable. <laughs> We're going to have to edit this out, and it's just like, uh, this object is a puppy. He has a beautiful red collar. And it can be put into the park where he will play with the squirrels. <laughs> Stacey, I like that you gave me the opportunity to screen that news, but I'm like, no, we'll do it live. <laughs> I did. I was about to read this out to her. Tracy hushed me. She says, let's save this for the podcast. <laughs> yes. So, friends, that's what we talk about in our spare time. We've been playing with the idea of, like, I don't know, a, like a Tumblr or something that is just where we put our movie ideas because we just have too many movie ideas and we can't make them all. I don't think we can even make one, but to document them somewhere for posterity would be nice. We like, just had a great movie idea this morning. Yeah, what were you thinking? What was the one we had this morning? I don't remember. Who's a good dog? Oh, right. <laughs> we were talking about doggos as depicted on the internet and how they're often called good boy. And what was it, like, I forget. Stacy, do you remember how we got onto the topic of who and who is not a good boy? Oh, so, I really like following this Twitter account called We Rate Dogs. Uh. And they often rate dogs, you know, 11 out of 10, 12 out of 10, and so on. And Andy asked, what is the highest rating a dog has ever gotten? So I looked at him and I said, they're good dogs, Andy. They're all good dogs. Right, so I got to thinking about, like, a, a noir detective mystery in the vein of Chinatown and the twist at the end of the movie. It's just like, you don't understand, man. We're all good dogs. All of us are good dogs. And the detective just kind of walks off into the night just being like, I didn't understand what I heard that night. But it turns out I'm a good dog as well. And like, You the, don't even need a movie place. for that. You just need, like, a one-minute clip. <laughs> But a clip of what? Are we going to hire some dogs? Or is it, like, going to be animated? Maybe uh, a comic. Yeah, we... yeah, that's true. I've thought about doing a comic many times. Uh, 
Man, I used to do webcomics, so those are hard work. It's a lot harder work than they look. I think it would be like something like Reading Rainbow, where it's like one static image, but they like zoom into different parts to kind of pretend that there's movement. <laughs> I forgot that aspect of Reading Rainbow. <laughs> I feel like I need more information about this. Like, what dog, what kind of dog would our lead character, our detective dog, would be? What is the ideal noir dog? It's just. I'm thinking of like a brown chocolate lab and like a a trench coat. I feel like I've seen him in like my elementary school, like some sort of drug program, drug education. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe. I was thinking maybe like a mutt as well. Like, you know, he grew up on the streets. He's a hardened dog. Yeah, I'm thinking like pug for some reason. A pug? Yeah, I don't know. I can picture a pug in like a a noir detective type role. He has soulful eyes. That would be Mm. hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I had another idea that was going to be I start a pet sitting business and I film movies with all of the pets that I now I'm taking care of because that's the only way I'm going to have access to all these cats and dogs to film my many movies. And so many of our movie ideas are animal related. (laughs) Oh, yes. Cat Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, we were going to do Jesus Christ Superstar adaptations starring only cats and, and one, one lady. <laughs> Why the lady? Because we figured there should be one human, and the obvious choice seemed to be Mary Magdalene, because she's just like, uh, what do I even do with all these cats? Would and be the she's theme just of petting song. Jesus' cat the whole time. Yeah, because there's a whole thing. It's just like, this lady just wants to pet Jesus' feet. And it makes a lot of sense if she's a woman and he's a cat. Yeah, and all the other cats are like, Jesus, what are you doing? Like, that's a human. Like, stop hanging out with a human. He's like, we must not judge. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I still these... think that's a great idea. <laughs> that's the thing is, all of these, if if we were going to dedicate, like, thousands of dollars and a lot of our time into these, like, their flaws would become apparent very quickly. But if it was, like, a one-off joke for a website, then it's yeah. fun, and somebody might get a laugh out of it. <laughs> so we'll see. Natalie, did you watch Beauty and the Beast? Nope. Hmm. Do you want to watch Beauty and the Beast? Um, probably not. I listened to the pop culture happy hour thing already, and they were not terribly impressed by it. No, they really solidified my decision to not watch that movie unless it is just uh, kind of talking throughout circumstances. Though, I am kind of excited. I heard they said that like Dan Stevens did a good job, so I'm kind of curious about that yeah i really like dan stevens like i didn't like him so much when i first saw him in downton abbey but it seems like every role i've seen him in since has been wildly different from the others and i'm just super impressed with his acting i guess like i just finished legion Mm -hmm. and legion is a show in which he often has to play his own body with someone different talking out of it and it's really cool the way he kind of goes throughout those different characters and you can't always tell kind of who he's being it's it's a weird premise but it's a very good performance from him mm-hmm. also i love that show but it's super scary guys i don't know if you should watch it if you don't like scary things popping at the camera which really i don't but i'm willing to sit through it for the rest of that quality sci-fi goodness i've heard great reviews of aubrey plaza's performance of Legion. she's mm-hmm. amazing okay i say dan stevens is good but aubrey plaza steals the show like, she's just, uh, 
like, she is often wasted in roles where she is not allowed to play, like, just a psychopath, I think. And in this show, she's playing a psychopath. I so. saw one short clip of her performance on Legion. I don't think it's ruined anything. It was basically the scene of her dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has a dance sequence, which is kind of, like, almost a dream sequence, but she does get to do a whole song and dance number, and it's very nice. Yeah, it was difficult to take my eyes off of her in that scene. So, yeah. is she, like, was she different enough so that you're not like oh you know that's april oh you definitely will not think she's april yeah like maybe when she first appears you're like oh okay because it starts out the premise of the show is this guy david is in a psychiatric hospital and it's about him and his friends in the psychiatric hospital one of whom is uh, played by audrey plaza and so she just is coming off like a little crazy maybe like april levels of crazy um but the show derails and her character kind of shifts to full crazy, basically, and, you know, she's allowed to go far outside the scope of April as a character. Uh, yeah, I would maybe recommend it. I don't know about, because you guys, I think, tend not to like kind of gross or scary things, and the show is, like, deeply gross and scary sometimes. Apparently, Aubrey's character, Lenny, was originally written to be performed by a 50-year-old white man. Well, interestingly enough, that is in the show <laughs> in a certain way. Like it's a it's a role that could have gone either way. Yeah. Uh, so Stacy, what do you think of Dan Stevens? Is he still cousin Matthew to you? Oh no. I stopped watching Downton Abbey at the end of season two after the Christmas thing and they got engaged and it was like, okay, I knew he dies in season three, so I'm gonna end this right here. I don't wanna deal with that. And then I totally forgot about him as an actor until Tracy made everybody watch one. I say made. She highly recommended that we all watch a movie called The Guest for our Halloween marathon. It's an amazing film if you have not seen it, but you love just 80s horror nonsense. Then it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yes. It's a beautiful movie, especially the scene where Dan Stevens comes out of the bathroom wearing a little <laughs> towel. It's a sexy movie. Very sexy. <laughs> there is sex. Uh, yeah. There is Dan Stevens having sex. It's good. Uh, where did but, I hear? Uh, was it on Pop Culture Happy Hour or no? I think I listened to an interview where Dan Stevens was talking about how he like worked out really hard for Beauty and the Beast's transformation scene. Oh, did you hear hear about that? And then um, I don't think so. So like he transforms from like the Beast to a, a person, and so he like works out really hard. And then they screened it, and they're like, "No, we got to put clothes on him. We got to put put clothes." <laughs> Oh, man. <coughs> I mean, I've read articles apparently like even Dan Stevens can't make the human prince hotter than the beast. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't think... Why should he be so muscly when he transforms back? Like, he's just been hanging around the castle with, like, a beast body. He didn't have to do push-ups or anything. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Well, but then, I like, mean... it's no fun when you see your prince and he's all schlubby, I guess. Like, it had to be something... <laughs> I think Maybe, like, he's the kind of person that when he's muscular, he bulks up, but they don't want a bulky prince. Mm, yeah. They want lean prince. Yeah. That's still a little weird. Eh. Or maybe it was, like, way too sexual, and they are like, this is a kid's movie with some adult viewers. Yeah. I'm going to have to find that that clip, but he, he does, like, a voice where he, like, impersonates a Midwestern mom, and he's like, if he's not wearing a shirt, then he must not be wearing pants either. 
<laughs> well, then it's definitely a decency thing, then. Honestly, though, that's the assumption I would make if not given any evidence to the contrary. That's just, like, what are they, you're saying they just shoot him from the torso up, and they're just like, well, we don't know, there might be pants down there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, <coughs> in the cartoon version, he magically, like, reappears wearing clothes. Yeah, I just assumed that's where they were gonna go with it. Like, it seems like this is a lot of added sexuality for, I don't know, live-action audiences. Because I just assumed he'd come out looking basically full prince. Which doesn't make much sense when you yep. consider he was much younger when he became the Beast and his clothes wouldn't fit anymore. But It also makes no sense because in the cartoon version, when he was like lying on the parapet die, he only had a cloak and pants on. Mm. Which is always interesting. As a Beast, he felt compelled to wear pants. But I think now that I say <laughs> this, I realize it's not surprising because animals are more apparent in some ways. Okay, but like Donald Duck doesn't wear pants, notably so. So, like, some animals are pants animals, other animals <laughs> yes, are more shirt exactly. animals. But I was going to say that <coughs> somehow, while he's dying, he's only wearing a cloak and pants, but then after he transforms into a human again, his cloak disappears, but he's developed a white shirt. A tattered <laughs> white shirt out of nowhere. Uh, well, yeah, you I forgot the shirt's kind of messed up. You don't know, like, they might have screened it, and then someone was like, no, 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 we gotta put a shirt on him. We can't just keep the cloak. Yeah, that's a good point. It would have made the most sense if he was just kind of shrouded in his own cloak, which is now way too big for him. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Actually, why didn't they do that? That's smart. There's so many things about this movie that don't make sense. Yeah, trying to hold Disney movies up to criticism is just not a, a field that ever ends with satisfaction. But, but I we am, can't stop doing it. I am very interested about this idea of Dan Stevens' like, muscled body that, like, that somehow induced a woman to be like, no, this is way too sexual. Now I'm wondering if he has any pants on. I need to see this body. <laughs> it's like school dress codes when they're just like, this young girl is too sexualized. And she's like, I think it's your brain that's too sexualized. Like, it is the brain of the Dan Stevens watcher that decides whether he has pants on or not. It is not the fault of the producers. Or Dan Stevens' body. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh it breaks my heart to say this, but from all the reviews I've read online, it seems the weakest link in this movie is Emma Watson. Yeah, I guess I need to watch it then to see what I think of that. I, I never really had a strong opinion either way about her as Belle. Like, it seemed like, well, that could work, or maybe that's just, like, they picked her because she's Hermione, and that's who we know likes books. I've always been more in that vein of thought <laughs> that they picked her because she's Hermione. Who would have made a better Belle, like, uh, of the young actresses that you like? I feel like they could have gone with an ingenue, like somebody who's not as famous. Mm, like somebody kind of new. Or like right. one of the little Disney Channel girls. They probably would have been just fine. Mm-hmm. Well, I loved the Brandy Cinderella. What if we had chosen not a brown-haired actress, like, or like a person of color or something? Oh, yeah, yeah. I bleeping love that version of Cinderella. <laughs> it is the best. You can never talk better... Bernadette Peters as the stepmother in my book. <laughs> yeah, that's a good movie. Whoopi Goldberg, Goldberg as the queen. And she's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, every time she's offended. <laughs> and I really liked Ever After. Oh, that is so good. I liked it too, yeah. Oh, my favorite Cinderella adaptation is Ella Enchanted. Not the film, but the oh. book. <laughs> well, I, I was saying, like, let's pretend that the movie never existed right but that's another book where 
like her motivations were clarified by the addition of this curse that you know was not in the original story, but I think it it made it a lot more interesting. I I thought it made it a very interesting where you know she has no agency, like because、mm. that's the thing with a lot of female protagonists in fairy tales. Despite being the heroine, they have no agency, and I think the curse gave a really good reason for this. Yeah. So it was that she was limited in certain ways, but that never stopped her from accomplishing all sorts of adventures. And you know, she sort of got to know the prince by spending time with him and then seeing each other's、uh, personalities a lot more, which I always like in a fairy tale adaptation. Like, I get why there was no real. Reason to do that in classic fairy tales because you know you were not going to have a lot of control who you married. Period. Yeah. But in a modern retelling, I want it to be like we are getting to know each other. Right. Or you want them to be like, well, she also wants to marry the prince. It wasn't like a one-sided. I was like, I'm the prince, and I will marry whomever I choose to. <laughs> yeah. Although honestly, that is one of the reasons I always like Beauty and the Beast because it had that concept built into it. Like, okay, we've got to hang out just for who even knows how long. Um, before we can even be a couple, because we gotta. Yeah, and the thing that breaks the curse on the beast is consent. Yeah. So a lot of Cinderella adaptations they hinge on how much I believe Cinderella has been turned from kind of a flat character, depending on what you're reading, to a more、uh, a character with more to do and more. She's like more agency, like you say. Right. And like she actively. Did you read the? No, go on. Sorry. No, you go on. Um, I was gonna ask if you guys read like the Robin McKinley. Yes, <laughs> I've read both her retellings of Beauty and the Beast. I own the first one. Wait,、I'm、you、sorry. say both? I I think I only read one. What are the two? Oh, yeah, I only read one. Oh, okay. So the first one is just called Beauty, a retelling, and the second one's called Rose Daughter. But they're both versions of Beauty and the Beast. Oh, so I guess I don't remember which one I read. I read one of them at least.、Um, which one is better? I have a soft soft spot for Beauty, a retelling because it's the first one I read,、mm. and it's the version where basically her dad was rich. Well, they both started her dad was rich, but her real name is Honor. But then as a kid, she was like, "That's a terrible name. I'd rather be called Beauty." And everybody's like, "Okay, we're calling you Beauty from now on." Damn, which that was how nicknames work in real life. And they moved to the countryside where her new brother-in-law is like a blacksmith, and he, like every day he's like, "Beauty, don't go into the forest, okay? Don't." Never go into the forest,、mm. except one day her dad goes into the forest and you know stumbles into the beast castle, steals a rose. The beast is like, "Well, now you have to give me one of your daughters in return." Okay, so it goes into the classic story. Well, there's the part where like her sisters are really nice, though. Yes, well, in both versions and Robin McKinley stories, her sisters are nice. I like that when they do fairy tale adaptations where the sisters are all right, because I feel like sisters are, are badly. Uh, maligned in a lot of these fairy tales, right? And it's this whole sort of women against women thing. Yeah. But I like it when it's just like we all love each other. It's just sometimes you get swept up in some fantasy nonsense, and you know who knows what might happen. Yeah. And so in this version of the story, what happens was that Beauty's oldest sister had been engaged to a ship captain,、mm -hmm. but that ship was supposedly lost at sea,、um. and that's why her father lost all of his money. And so while she's at the Beast Castle, she finds. Out like through magical means that like the ship made it back to port and like the, he's still alive and everything, but her sister is considering marrying somebody else in their new village. So she's like, I have to go home and tell my sister、mm -hmm. that her like true love is home and she can't marry some other person. 
And uh-huh. the beast is like, okay, you can go home, but please come back soon or else I will die of a broken heart, literally. I always wonder in stories when someone says, if this happens, I will die of a broken heart. Like, how do you know? You've never done it before. Like, do you really think that you're going to have a broken heart so bad that it will kill you when you have no information that's leading you to this conclusion? Well, I think in the book, what happens was, like, it was one of the conditions of the curse or something. Oh, okay, I see. Uh, I liked all that sort of... It felt like during that time in particular, there was a lot of these fairy tale retellings. Yes, and Robin McKinley in particular mm-hmm. loves retelling fairy tales. Yeah. But, I mean, it's in the same vein of most of her stories, especially if you've read The Hero and the Crown and the Blue Sword. She really likes her plucky heroines. Mm, yeah. Who are kind of tomboyish. Yeah. It just seems like there has never been a plucky heroine who couldn't ride a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Let's write it. Uh, so if she can't ride a horse, she's got to have some, like, goal that in the end is going to have to lead to her, like, either learning to ride a horse or finding someone who will help her get around without a horse. Well, in the Blue Sword, she's like, spends chapters talking about how she had to learn to ride the horse. Mm. And she couldn't just ride the horse any old way. They were like, no, you must ride the horse. Like, we desert people ride the horses. What if our heroine is afraid of horses? So it's not that she can't or won't. It's that she doesn't want to get near the horse. Then she would not be a heroine in Robin McKinley's world. No, no, no. We gotta do, like, the the anti-Robin McKinley. (laughs) It's gonna be, like, the, you know, the response to Robin McKinley. Like, (laughs) you know, it's not everyone so good at horsing. (laughs) And so... probably ride a dragon instead. Yeah, probably. But then I feel, okay, if she, she is afraid of horses, then the love interest has to be a talking, cursed horse who befriends her. <laughs> and teaches her how to ride. Not even to ride, just to get near. Like, <laughs> will you pet my mane? It's like, no, <laughs> horse prince. That's bullshit. No, he has to be a centaur now. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny, though, oh, if at man. the end she breaks the, ho- the horse curse? And he turns into a centaur. And she's like, didn't you know I was originally a centaur? What, did you think I was some human? (laughs) That never happens. I guess that's like Shrek. You know, okay, she broke the curse and turned back into an ogre. But it's never that they feel good about that. Like, I want the centaur prince to be like, ah, I'm back in my own regal state. Now we can get married. She's like, better than a man and better than a horse. (laughs) It's like, hold on a minute. There was like a false pretense here that I did not know about. You have misled me. <laughs> He's like, like, I don't even know how this is going to work, like, anatomically-wise. Well, then, like, the second book in this series will be, like, her quest to, to transform herself into a centaur, which maybe she doesn't even want, so she's deciding. And that's when we bring in, like, a second love interest who's, like, tempting her away from the centaur ways. Because, like, I'm all human. Yeah. And that's, like, his, mo- his only asset, maybe? But, like, she feels <laughs> that she's running out of options. <laughs> no, I think you should be a nice guy. Like, a different guy, but a nice guy. Yeah, who's like, you know, you don't have to do things you're afraid of. And she's like, oh, okay. He's like, just real, real gentle and nice. But the other guy's just like, you know you want me. We're on an adventure like, together. He, no, he'd be the sense appeal guy. Like, animal magnetism and all oh, that. Shit. And the other guy's like, nice, sweet, dependable, human. Not yeah. as many sparks, but, you know, everything else that she wants on paper. But then I always want to defend that second guy in every story whenever there's just, like, the guy that you know is the correct guy and then the regular one who's, like, she's not going to end up with him but for no real reason except that there's somebody else in the story. You know, I always wanted to be like, maybe she picks him. He's all right. 
they're they have fun together. Maybe that's not so bad. And he never lied to her about being half horse. So, <laughs> so it will be like Pocahontas, right? Where she, Pocahontas marries John Ralph. Yeah, or Cocoam. What's wrong with Cocoam? He's so serious. That's what's wrong with Kokomo. Yeah, but she never went on, like, a date with him. Maybe he's got all these hidden depths that she doesn't know about. Like, Kokomo, what are you into? And he's just like, I like riding in canoes near waterfalls. And she's like, I like riding in canoes near waterfalls. And then they have this whole thing together. I like to listen to the breeze of my heart. Like, I talk to trees all the time. (laughs) Like, Kokomo, we have so much in common. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I want to see Kokomo's story. I feel like that would be interesting. Uh, I don't really know what that would entail. It's not just what was in Pocahontas, but... Yeah, these... I, I really am defensive of these guys who are just not so bad, and yet they're painted as, like, ugh, disgusting. I want somebody adventurous, you know? Like, what's wrong with this guy? He's fine. He'll be nice. Like how you're, you know, you want... You need to be told from Gaston's point of view. Yeah. <laughs> but Gaston is not an example of this. Gaston <laughs> is, like, an example of how sometimes... <laughs> The only guy interested in you is an asshole, and you've got to ride away to live in an evil castle. It's like, uh, with an abusive hairy man, who is nothing like the other abusive hairy man at home. <laughs> mm. I'm trying to think of all the other Disney stories where there are, like, love triangles. Going back to the fantasy story about, like, girl plus centaur plus human, you know, like, she and hot center guy have, like, chemistry... But, like, there's, like, sensible human guy, and then, like, this other girl just crops up, and then, like, our main girl gets to go with the sensible guy, love interest number two, and this new girl who loves horses gets to run off with center boy. Pair the spares, as TV tropes would say. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, so this other girl, I feel, should be, like, the plucky heroine from the Robin McKinley story, then. She loves to ride horses, and in fact, maybe she'd been riding centaur while heroin's been away with Sweetie Pie Guy. And then at but the she's end, she's not the main character. She's like side character who only shows up towards the end to be like, "Well, it's okay if you're lonely, Mister Centaur, because I love horses." Right, and then at the end they do a flip flop when they realize. Or maybe that she's they... not even a person. Maybe she's a horse. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "What made you think that I only went one way?" Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, she could be the horse that our lead character refused to ride. <laughs> So it's like a throwback from earlier in the story where she's like, that horse is disgusting. I won't touch it. And he's like, this horse is beautiful. You have no idea what my life is like. Uh, This is going to be a book that I cannot write. (laughs) Because I feel it involves too much... Sponkers sex scenes. <laughs> I was just gonna follow up with the question of like, what is the targeted age range? You know, to read this book. You know, just furries, whoever they are. <laughs> I'm just like, it's not a young adult novel, is what I'm saying. No, it is transformed. <laughs> no, uh, this is out. No, of- it could be a young adult novel. Like, it's just like really vague. It's, yeah, we'll let the fanfiction writers do this. I just this. realized it's basically wild magic meets Robin McKinley. <laughs> yes. He's like, our main character should have, like, the ability to talk to animals. And just, like, why are you prejudiced against horses? It was like, they talked smack about me when I was a kid growing up. They were bullies. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's like, so that's how, where her phobia came from, was they, they hurt her when she was young. And she was emotionally fragile. And now she's just like, I can't trust a horse. Why should I ride a horse if they won't even be nice to me? Yeah. 
Like, how can I trust a horse not to throw me off and break my leg like that one time or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so what's the title? Maybe of she could talk to horses, or she could talk to all animals, and then she had, like, a traumatic experience of a horse. And then she can't talk to any animals anymore. Oh, yeah, she lost the power because she was so afraid that she, like, blocked off that part mentally. Yes. Uh, until, <laughs> until this meets... one horse. Yes. <laughs> Who is actually a centaur prince. <laughs> and then he teaches her how to commune with all animals again. Yeah. Damn, I love this story so much, guys. So I see this like a three-book series. It's going to be first book, horse prince. Second book, centaur prince. Third book. <laughs> what was that now? Centaur princess. That's the one where she decides to turn into a centaur after all. And she takes her kingdom. <coughs> so, yeah. Our fantasy trilogy. Find it next time. <laughs> just like I, I, we have too many ideas and just no, no patience for making them. Like the fact no. that we're recording a podcast right now is a goddamn miracle. <laughs> <laughs> like we can't even have a conversation for ten minutes before I'm just like, guys, that's my movie idea. This <laughs> is. <laughs> we have so many great movie ideas. <laughs> what was the one that was after Jesus Christ Superstar with cats? It was uh, Tony Barista. Yes! (laughs) We were talking about how, you know how everyone has names now that used to be professions, like uh, Taylor or whatever, so we're just like, yeah, let's let's make up new names that are from modern professions, and so, like, I think it was Stacey who made up the name Tony Barista, and I was like, shit, that sounds like an action hero, and so what would Tony Barista's story be, and we decided that in the future... Baristas have been replaced by robots. And like, he is one of the last few human baristas. Yes, and so he's basically oh, and he has he has a robot arm because of an espresso machine accident. <laughs> so he's the only one equipped to take down the robots who are taking over the coffee industry. <laughs> and he inspires more humans to be like, we want to make our own artisanal coffee again. Yeah, so it's like uh, oh, and it was called the caffeinator. Because it's like kind of a Terminator knockoff, but it's about. This sounds like a manga. It does. <laughs> yeah, it's got like enough of like a cutesy element that it could be like the next Yuri on Ice. I feel. Uh, and we said we were gonna film it like, kind of like Cloverfield style. Yeah, like the original idea was that it was gonna be filmed with cell phone footage, but in the future they might not have cell phones, so instead they're all gonna be wearing like Google Glass cams. And the the person who's filming it all is someone who is in love with Tony Barista, and that's why they follow him around all the time filming his exploits. And so, uh, yeah, you never find out who that is. Is this requited love? Uh, We don't know, because that would be really weird to film. Like, suddenly he looks at the camera, and he's like, you've been with me the whole time, haven't you? (laughs) (laughs) And, like, the camera moves, and the person nods their head. Yeah, and you just never find out the identity of the camera person. You don't even know if the person is a male or female. It's you. The viewer is the person who's in love with 21st. (laughs) So anybody can put themselves into that role. It's Yeah, that's that's how it ends, is, like, Tony Montana declaring his love to the viewer. I just like this idea that he has like this robot arm because he lost his hand in the espresso machine accident and he's just like tortured over it. It's just like, oh, like I hate my robot arm because it means I can't like be truly artisanal in my coffee making skills. Right, but by the end he discovers that it's okay. You gotta you gotta be true to your own personality even if it is a unique cyborg combination. Because what doesn't matter is 
like it's not the limbs that you have, it's the fact that you have heart. Yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's three good movie ideas. We've really just wasted them all in one go. Like I feel like we should do one per episode and really hash it out. But then that would be like a whole series that would be. <laughs> well, then it would be like a callback, so we can just talk about the ongoing adventures of Tony Barista. Yeah, it'll come back next time. Oh, and in our, so maybe this should be a TV series instead of a movie then. Yeah, it could be. It's like a long-running thing. That would make it harder to drag out the concept of like the, the viewer camera. That's true. But I I'm imagining it like Turbo Kid. Turbo Kid's a movie that is like a real fun concept, but a real low-budget movie. I still want um, Tony Barista to be a movie. Yeah. And I want him to be played by Dan Stevens. <laughs> that would be great. That would be, yeah. Um, so my battery is running low, and we've been recording for about an hour or 20 minutes, so maybe this is a good time to wind it down. Okay. So, oh, okay, sponsors. So... Sponsored by artisanal coffee made by humans. Uh, Robo Coffee should be boycotted, pretty much. If you see Robo Coffee, that's rejected by us. The secret ingredient is love. That's right. <laughs> um, did, do you guys have recommendations this week? I actually did not remember to make one. This week's podcast was brought to you by Furry Fanfiction. Just because they're horses don't mean they don't know how to love. Uh, Natalie, did you have a recommendation? Hello? Hello? Well, if you're still listening, thanks. We appreciate it. Subscribe to us wherever podcasts can be found or streamed. Follow us at MBC Podcast, and our website is midnightbreakfastcafe.wordpress.com. Oh, I, I started recording. All right, did you do one class? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wait, who's counting? Uh, I'll count. Stacey, count. Okay. Um, three, two, one, and then clap, okay? Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one. <laughs> okay, let's, this never works, so let's just skip it. <laughs> let's just start talking. I think it's a delay. No, it's just for bad at clapping. <laughs>